Welcome to the Dignity Show. I am your host, Solomon Vought. Uh, in this week's episode for My Life in Take, we have John. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy uh, to be here. Thank you. I hope you have been keeping safe during these COVID times. I mean, besides you, that's sitting here without your mask on, nobody has been to this office in, in, in weeks. So I am staying, I'm staying safe and away from human beings in gym. Ah, that's nice. So, uh, John, you, you are someone in my, my own, uh, uh, what's I, I consider you to be, I call it double easy. So I consider you to be an entrepreneur, I consider you to be an educator and a creative. So, and I need to, I want to, my, now our first talking point, I want to, uh, in your own words, put, to the audience out there, how you started your journey in, in tech? Uh, how did you fall in love with technology? Yes. <laughs> this question assumes that I'm in love with technology, but uh, we'll, we'll figure that out uh, as we go along. Uh, so my name is Johnita Nalubega Mvanunji, and I work as an administrator, a lead administrator for the refractory program at Clark International University. Um, yes, we train uh, software developers in a, in a practical training of software developers so we can close the gap uh, for skilled developers in the country, in the tech industry. So tech for me, well, I'm an industrial chemist. That's my first degree. And in 2013, when I graduated, sometime in 2013, I took a job um, with a company that uh, sold uh, um, chemicals to production lines, industries, factories. And I did uh, some chemical, some testing of uh, particular chemicals before they were imported, before they were procured by the industries here at home for quality purposes, but also for them to know what they were really about. Eight months in, I decided to take a break. I called it a break then. I don't know if it's still a break. I think it's just a sabbatical where we stand now. Took a break after eight months. And in 2014, I joined a a farm um, that uh, did web design and web hosting uh, with a a friend uh, that I knew then. had no knowledge of uh, web design, let alone web hosting, but I was, I was happy to take a new challenge. So 2014 for me was uh, an exciting year. Uh, that's around the second quarter of that year. I got into um, Node 6 and I, I, I learned loads of things. It was exciting. At the, at back then, um, you know, guys were getting into social media marketing and, uh, you know, we had like one of the leading platforms in, in entertainment and, you know, it was, it was really exciting to just get into this world and understand social media. At the time I wasn't even on Twitter. I think I might have opened an account, uh, back in, in my vacation, mm-hmm. senior six vacation and I had never looked at it. And here comes 2014 and I learned that people are using the, the internet and social media for so many things. It was so exciting for me. I, I think three months in, I knew that I wasn't going to go back to any factory. And I knew that if I was going to do chemistry again in my life, it had to be something exciting at uh, like a research bureau, you know, where you take on big challenges, fix that and then move on. 
I haven't gotten back to that, but um, so that was 2014. I got in, I, it was very exciting. I learned WordPress. I learned, um, I started getting into things like HTML and CSS, which were very interesting back then. And then, of course, the industry was just growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I got to rub shoulders with some of, um, the really inter- intelligent people in that, in the tech industry at the time at these tech hubs at, uh, Hive Collab then. And then, uh, I guess Outbox was also coming up. At that point, um, did a couple of things, learned, uh, that, you know, that, that, that's when innovation, you know, became, a, a real thing in my world. Like I, I started to, to rub shoulders with people who are trying to create solutions for some of our challenges here. I, 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 I met, I mean, with some friends who I had done school with as well. We got into, I think, what was M Tumblr then. <laughs> it was such an exciting journey, honestly. And uh, for me, because I didn't have any educational background, when I had of the opportunity at the back then, it was the International Health Sciences University (IHSU), which is now Clark International University. And uh, this program was just inviting people who are interested in ICT for development, regardless of background, educational background we could get in there and just understand a couple of things of how, how to make ICTs work, you know, in whatever industry. It was so exciting, and I joined that program in September 2015. I never looked back. I became an intern on that program. I met uh, some of my business partners on that program um, when, I, when I stayed on as an intern. Uh, we created some really amazing things uh, with Drug Dash. Yeah, so it was still on that program at IHSU. Um, and then it's, it's, it's been, it's been onwards from there. When I stayed on as, as an intern in that program, it's what then became a factory today. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it has been a long journey. Yeah. I would put it. But, um, again, uh, well, uh, there's a couple of things I picked, uh, from your journey intake, which I just want to throw it back to you. Cause, um, it's, uh, this was in 2014. Uh, the industry was just growing here in Uganda as well. So do you attribute, like, what were some of uh, the things which ignited your uh, passion for tech by then? Is it something someone could uh, borrow and leave from you? Is it like you had a blueprint of it, something which gave you a spark of, because I, I can't say science or, or STEM, in, in big, I'll just focus on the technology bit for now. I think they could probably use the same uh, blueprint I'm going to say, uh, or the way you look deep down in, into yourself and found out that, okay, this is what I'll be doing for, let's say, maybe not for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. but I know you have been doing it for the for past the five, six five, six years. So how would you put it out for someone out there? And how can we build that rapport uh, for other guys coming in, into science and technology? Uh, your question, it's, <laughs> it's all over the place. Uh, but how I got in, I don't know. Let me just answer this the best way I, I, I can think. Uh, so first of all, for me, um, starting my journey at a place like Node 6, where there were so many young, dynamic, um, but also very agile, uh, young people there. It, it was such an attractive place for a young person to work, you know, to not have to wear all of these, these office clothes or even have to deal with, uh, I think it's like big corporate culture, um, 
you know, the, the blockage that young people that get into already like family established uh, enterprises have to, you know, deal with, you know, the creativity blocks were not there for me because I not as much as it had been in, a, in, in, in operation, in existence for a while was a space where we were just allowed to create, allowed to learn, to grow, to stretch. Um, so for me, that's first of all, that, that, that was a very, very important thing. Um, and I think it has influenced a lot of what I've gone on to learn. Lots of places that I've gone on to like grow into just and those and then the yearning for more because then, um, you know, you have, uh, you have like the head of the company, head of, um, you know, maybe like the supervisor, the person that you report to seeking your opinion on things. Um, not, you know, directing what's got to be done, like the things that I've, I've, lots of people have had to deal with when they get into big corporate spaces, um, already established ones. I haven't had to deal with those. So for me, I think that, that foundation and getting into technology at that very place was very, very instrumental and has gone on to shape, um, some of the things that I think are really, really important. Understanding that things like science, people ask me, oh, you know, how do you ignite like power of science? Mm. And I just say, you know, if you think about science as life, because life is science, I mean, the, like starting with the basic unit, the cell in your body, an atom or whatever, it's li like life is science. And when you think about it as such, you realize that, um, I mean, living in Africa and then Uganda in Africa, you have to understand, you have to realize that there is no shortage of problems that can be solved. So once we start to see ourselves as agents of change, agents of solution building, we never even have to wonder how we shall like ignite, you know, certain fires or things like love for science. No, I mean, if it's, if, if it's a, if you want to understand maybe how, how to ignite, like say a love for like technology, you start at home because life begins there. Um, being intentional about, uh, you, I, I, I bet you've had people say this a lot, being intentional about how, what, what, what you have your children interacting with before they have to interact with so much of the world that you have no control over. Simple things like toys. How intentional are you about, you know, how, what toys your kids are playing with? Uh, do girls just have to play with dolls and comb their hair? Or, you know, if you found them, um, taking apart your, your blender, is it, is it, you know, a spanking? And even though, you know, you're, you're really mad and everything's just spanking. Cause then what does it do to a child in terms of creativity? When they're asking questions, is it, you know, are you shutting them up or are you entertaining curiosity? Are you entertaining creativity? So it's just thinking about the fact that things, life as much, just like art is, is just, it's a science. It's so you you can't really like separate it and say oh now get inspiration I don't know where yeah so true because yeah. uh, uh, the best way to put it is um, uh, like you said yearning for knowledge but again also our culture I, I don't want to dwell much into this conversation <laughs> but you hinted a lot about uh, the culture attributes of uh, let's say everything starts from home so you, you hinted more about that but. Again, even if we talk here, uh, it's all an individual's effort. So I, I, one thing I picked, we need to uh, look at ourselves as agent of change. So, uh, John, uh, again, uh, our third talking, talking, talking point, we're going to 
I'm just curious to pick up your brain a bit on how to op- create opportunities for people instead. Because uh, you know me, me, uh, I, me also straight out of campus. I was privileged enough to join the factory because it has helped shape my paradigm on on how best I can use uh, the, the knowledge I've learned from school. Uh, this is something which the gap in our career education system. Uh, there's a gap there between how you can harness your knowledge from class and make good use of it. So how can we best create opportunities for people? Because uh, people will come in technology, uh, learn code, how to write code, go mm-hmm. out there, two, three months, is not finding job, gets frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how best can we help create opportunities for people in, in the general context of STEM? technology, science. Um, create opportunities. Thank you for even mentioning that, you know, they'll, they'll leave, they'll leave whatever training program they've been at and not find a job. Mm. I guess for me, and, and this can sound rich, uh, privileged. I, I really can't be ashamed of something like privilege that I don't have control over. Mm. Uh, but I will tell you, we're not short of work. We, and people like to say they we're short of jobs and it, but we're not short of work. Oh, so <laughs> we really have never run out of work in these parts of the world because I mean when we run out of problems we shall have run out of work to do. I mean look around you. Where is there not a problem? So we cannot run out of work. I guess it has to do with with mindset. When you say, how do we create opportunities for people in STEM? How do we create opportunities for people in tech? There's no one answer to that. There's no one person that's going to create opportunities. In fact, some of the people that are seated waiting, looking for opportunities can also be the very ones to create opportunities. And I'm not even talking about them creating jobs for people. Not really. Opportunities could simply be opportunities to train opportunities to get experience, whether it's volunteering exactly. or actual, you know, internships or actual jobs. Um, opportunities could be, um, could be platforms to speak where then people could be heard and, um, attract the attention of other people that they can work with or who can advance their causes. Opportunities could be, I mean, so many things. So, I really, there is no one way just to create opportunities for people in tech. Mm. But what I have to say is, is for me, something that's really, really important about, about this opportunities thing is one, for people to start to see themselves as, um, like, like solution, you know, solution oriented people. When you see challenges, do you, um, some things can definitely be solved and fixed by the government. Uh, but I think when you live in this part of the world, you already know that, uh, you may have to do a lot of things on your own anyway, um, or live in complaints forever. So when you think about, uh, problems, lots of problems around you and you see big, very big ones, what small part can you play in fixing those problems around you? Then now you're a part of the solution. So then you will not be thinking about, oh, what opportunities can I, I don't know, get where. But also I think for young people to understand that this issue of looking for opportunities, um, opportunities don't find like people who are, you know, doing nothing. You, you'll be lucky, get, you know, see a job ad or get recommended and then you get in from zero. But everyone who's employed knows 
that people are looking for employed people more than they're looking for unemployed people. True. Yeah, because they they believe that you know somebody has trusted you with this work, you probably have something to offer. So the question is, where do you want to start? And when you talk about opportunities, what are you looking for? Just a job, straight up. Is that the only thing like that you see as an opportunity? You, can't you look at fellowships? When you look at internships, you may not be able to support yourself. That's all well and good. I understand that. But there's always ways to get around something. But for me, I think that once, first of all, think about problem solving more than just being the person that's offered things, offered opportunities. Now, when you, when you think about something like that, when you get somewhere, for those of us that have, uh, you know, come through certain places and are not where we were, how are you paying it forward? Are you mentoring someone? Are you holding young people's, you know, younger people's hands? You might also still be a young person, but there's still something that you can offer to the next person. The interactions that we have online. So are we paying it forward? Are we mentoring? And when we, if every time we have conversations about mentoring, is your default position that, that, you know, the generation before us has failed on mentoring us? And is that where your, you know, your critique, uh, ends? What are you doing for the next one, the next generation? Are you mentoring? Are you holding people's hands when you, when you have an opportunity to, to employ or engage people? Who are you looking out for? That all, all plays a, a bigger role in in creating opportunities. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, John, I need I need you to just uh, talk to us about uh, the African Science Week. I know you as uh, the president of the Einstein Next Forum here in, in, in Uganda. So, uh, what has been your key takeaways from organizing the African Science Week here in Uganda, and can it be relevant to our education system? Hmm. So, first of all, I am not the president of the next Einstein Forum in Uganda, but I'm the ambassador uh, of the next Einstein Forum to Uganda, and my term was actually the 2017 to 2019. Um, However, because of the COVID um, pandemic, we were unable to um, hand over or have the inauguration of the new ambassadors, but they are uh, new ambassadors who have been elected. Um selected, appointed. And so for me, the Africa Science Week, first of all, is just a, a, a week-long celebration of science, technology, maths, uh, engineering in, in Africa, highlighting African scientists and what it is that we are doing, where it is that we want to go, policy um, advancements in science, and basically how science is contributing to life, but also with an aim of... Uh, of, of, of helping, of, you know, making sure to pique young, um, young scholars' interest in, uh, pursuing science education and pursuing science careers. So in Uganda, we've held two of those weeks, 2018 and 2019. Okay. Um, the, they've been very exciting weeks for me. Organizing them, um, has meant that, um, I have been able to recognize number one, that the need is huge. The need in, in, um, in, in just like career guidance as far as science and, you know, STEM is concerned is huge for our kids. So the need is in infrastructure, of course, <laughs> to, to enable like some of these things that we are hearing about, uh, the fourth industrial revolution and 
all of this uh, machine learning this the need is, is huge in infrastructure the need in career guidance is huge um, as someone who has pursued a master's in uh, of, of public health I, I I realized that back then when I didn't want to do medicine uh, and yet I figured that I wanted to contribute to the health sector I was stuck I mean my teachers didn't even want me to do uh, PCM econ because say what kind of combination is that and me just the only reason I actually ended up doing it was because I said I don't want to be in that biology class so I will not be in it yeah so but also for me back then understanding that back then we thought that to to be able to contribute to the health sector is to do clinical sciences clinical medicine so you've got to be a doctor a nurse uh, in fact back then we don't we didn't even know that you could just study dentistry or radiology or all of that so it's i think that that need for me recognizing that that need is huge on career guidance and then of course technicians um experts you know of course it's bigger on the side of uh women having so few of them you know in 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 uh, in, in not in stem we don't actually have few women in stem so to speak mm-hmm. um i mean there probably many of if you consider stem even education there could be very many at those levels the lower levels but people in leadership positions or even to people who are holding torches or banners for the kids for, for, to see, you know, there goes that doctor. We have very many female doctors now and nurses and all of this. But the, so, so technicians like expertise wise, we, the, the need is still huge to help with education, training, you know, equipping the younger ones. So that's number one. For me, I realized that the need here is very big. But the second thing, which is also very encouraging, is that youth are engaged. I discovered so many young people who are doing so many amazing things. What we used to call the science fairs back in the day. I know kids nowadays don't have them. But we used to have science fairs starting from, you know, village level to sub-county level. And then that culminated into national, the national science fair. Um, we have since abandoned it, but I really hope that it's something that I can actually, that we can work on with the Ministry of uh, Science, Technology and Innovation to revive. Because for me, those, those were, I mean, there's so many things I've seen later in life. This foot pedal, um, foot pedal, like, uh, dispensers for water. Those are things that we did in P4 in our science fair. Uh, you know, just learning about levers and pulleys and because it's really like a pulley system, it's nothing huge. But when you see it out here now and it's relevant for like COVID times and hand washing, you know, being critical, it's, so for me, it's, it's, it was, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. Like, yeah, we did that in P4 when I see, we did like local fridges. We were able to do such amazing things back then. And I just wonder, that's something that I want to like back for children. But I know that there's already young people who are doing it on a private um level putting together practical skilling and and, and and practical experiences of science for children discovering those people really lit I think um uh continue to fuel the the, the the flame like in my heart for for you know science and advocacy for it and, and things like that. And thirdly after understanding that youth are actually engaged and I say please keep on like if you're out there doing something really cool STEM queens and all these guys keep at it and maybe the last thing for me was the realization that we have started there's so many things that have started small little things everywhere 
um, as much as we're working in silos, that's something that we can um, uh, get put together soon going forward, you know, strengthen what every little, everyone is doing in their little space. But I think that what we need to strive for is excellence. So recognizing that people have started, I just recognize the need for us to strive for excellence. For us not to do something, we go, oh, it's okay for Uganda. It's okay for Ugandan standards. That, like, that just never sits well with me. True. Me too. Because you need to, um, you know how they say, aim for the one, the moon. Or... <laughs> you might land among the stars. <laughs> among the stars. So, uh, John, any, but I know you have hinted a lot about advices to young people getting to STEM yeah. uh, to need to strive for excellence. Uh, any other or word of wisdom out uh, for them? <laughs> What a wisdom. Uh, just, just one thing. Um, and if, uh, if, if, if one plus hears this, please just consider it a shout out. But I just want to say never settle. Do not settle. Uh, you won't have the same resources as everybody else. Um, you may not have the same privileges as everybody else. Now, if you're not going out, um, to make social, you know, th- this advocacy, your, your life's work, mm-hmm. then you might as well get to, uh, figuring out how whatever little opportunities, resources you have at your disposal can propel you to the next level. But do not settle, do not settle in terms of learning. Seek knowledge. Don't stop. Never settle. You know to think. Oh, now I know enough because that's exactly where you go wrong. True. Yeah, it's not like you have climbed the mountain top and yeah, there's nothing more for me. And yeah. So, John, uh, thanks again for having this conversation with me. That was John. Uh, this is the United Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me.